You are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 68 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories. My name is James Bodden, and today's guest for episode 68 is Dylan Ali, keynote speaker, executive and leadership coach, meditation and mindfulness advocate, and somebody that I just absolutely loved speaking with. Dylan has a fantastic story. He went down the quote-unquote traditional path of working in the corporate world, went through a transformative time in his life, and has now reached a point where he has some very interesting values when it comes to work, when it comes to the energy that he gets out of the work that he does. And just a fantastic, fantastic conversation with Dylan Ali. If you don't have time to listen to the entire episode right now, I had Dylan serve up a snack break sales tip for you to listen to. Check it out. Before you walk into a room, remember that out of every engagement, your source is always going to be one of two emotions, love or fear. And before you walk into that room, take a mental check take an emotional check of where you are. Am I walking into this love or fear? Am I carrying, you know, I'm in trouble from not taking the trash out this morning before I left home, right? Or I've got X, Y, Z to do, or am I in a state of being present, leading from love? Because when you lead from love, you get to that connection much faster. When you get to that connection much faster, you get to solving true people problems. And then you end up for the one hour talking about connection and maybe 15 minutes of business, but you'd be surprised and how the universe reciprocates for you. A fantastic snack break sales tip. So look, if you gotta go, get back to all of the many things that you have to do in a day, come back when you have a chance. Listen to the full episode. And without any further ado, let's get right into episode 68 of the Lunch Break Podcast with Dylan Ali. Enjoy. All right, folks, here we are. Episode 68 of the Lunch Break Podcast got a very, very special guest, Dylan Ali. And look, um, before we hit record, I, I was just saying, you know, somebody who's been on LinkedIn for a while, I've seen um, him come on to LinkedIn with a force and a voice and a message. And for all of those reasons, super happy to have you here, man. Thank you for coming on. Dude, thank you, man. It's, uh, it's my pleasure and my honor to be here. Um, Thank you for doing doing me the favor of uh, allowing me to share this time and space with the audience. Um, I think it's going to be a fun conversation, man. I'm looking forward to it, brother. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I was so excited about when I saw your content, saw what you were talking about, and then went and kind of looked at your past, you know, that you had a career in sales, right? Yeah, yeah sales management, all of that stuff, right? And, and so talk to us about how you got started in sales. Well, it was after about, uh, I don't know, a year and a half in prison. Literally a year and a half in prison. I was a prison guard for a year and a half, right? And um, back then I was really young. I think I was, what, 19 at the time. And so 
filled with ego, filled with piss and vinegar. And um, I was a pretty yoke dude. So that equaled a lot of fights, a lot of physical confrontation. And so I think inside of, you know, what, a year and a half or so, I had upwards to 15 use of forces, which is any physical altercation with an inmate. There have been guys that have been prison guards for 10 years and hadn't had that many. Yeah. Um, there was one record record weekend because I was keeping track back in the day. That's how filled with ego I was. Yeah. It was one weekend where I had three use of forces. I spent more time in the warden's office than I spent anywhere else. Um, and I just got to the point where I really figured out that, um, you know, Mike Tyson was the only one getting paid enough to uh, fight for a living. So mm. um, I left the prison system. And at the time, um, my girlfriend's roommate was working at a small electronics and appliance store, you know, maybe 20 stores, small family business. Uh, but every time we'd go out to happy hour or something, the guys would come out and, you know, it'd be a hundred dollar bill. Right. And they'd just be like, I got this. And they were wearing pinky rings and driving all the coolest cars. And I was like, always in suits. And I was like, I want to be that guy. Yeah. And so throughout just relationship building, one of the guys got his own store and asked me to come work for him. And so, this is the cool part. Both my girlfriend and I at the time interviewed for sales positions. She got it. I didn't. The DM said, you're not really cut out for sales, but I'll give you a job in the warehouse as a porter. So you're not going to sell the shit, but you're going to load it up for us. I'm like, yeah. this sucks. But thank goodness, one of my first mentors my buddy, Andrew, Andrew Vandegrift said, Hey man, listen, I promise just do it six months. I'll get you into sales. Mm. Um, he's, and then he sold me on it. He said, you'll know product, you'll know inventory, you'll know all the backend stuff that saves a lot of the sales guys or takes a lot of time from the sales guys. Long story short, six months, boom, hit the floor running quickly became one of the top sales guys in the company. So <laughs> fast forward. Um, you know, I moved from prison garden to home electronics and appliances, had a great run, actually had my first $10,000 month ever. Mm. Um, so that was pretty cool, right? Monumental. At 21, 22 years old. I hit that 10, 10 G month. That was awesome. Shit. Um, <laughs> I had some amazing, amazing mentors, Walter Broussard, you know, Hadley Cohen, um, great mentors in my life at the time that taught me all about sales. Mm. Um, literally gave me the old school, um, the old school book was opened up, right? It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So enter in the story of Dylan chasing a girl. So girl moves to Austin, Texas. At this time I'm down in Beaumont, Texas. Um, I literally buy a house, quit my job, move up to Austin, Texas, new house, no job. And I'm like, okay, cool. But before I left a buddy of mine, Mike Malba says, Hey, you should just go to work at Dell. He goes, everyone's at Dell's a millionaire, even the janitor. So I go, okay, I'm going to move to Austin and I'm going to go to work for Dell. Long story short, six months later, I'm walking in the door at Dell and I start my career um, in IT corporate sales, literally walked in the door at, you know, 32 grand OTE right? Mm. Um, on the queue, dude, you're getting a Dell, right? The 1-800 number. Um, <laughs> and I exited corporate um, at 250K OTE as a BDM running a territory that is about $65 million in revenue. 
Mm. So that's just, that's the, that's the, sh- the long condensed version in about three minutes. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. That, thoughts. Yeah. Masterful. Well done. Right. To take us on that journey. Um, no, I, I, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because you obviously, you know, there's, there's always similar character traits and in, in people that have seen success. Right. And one of them that I've identified right. through doing this podcast is high levels of self-awareness. Right. And that doesn't mean that you're necessarily at the point in your life where you're ready to do anything about it, but you're at least aware of what's going on. You know, you're, you're, you're taking the signals in, you're recognizing some things and, you know, you made a a tough decision, right. Or, you know, or, 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 or important decision to, all right, look, this is what I'm doing. I'm self-aware enough to know that, all right, all these fights, all this energy that I've got going here isn't going to serve me well. I like the energy over here with what these guys are doing. Let me follow that. And, and so I, I just think it's a very interesting relationship, I guess, between the self-awareness and the recognition of, of energy that you want to be associated with. Um, yep. Throughout your career, you know, obviously you, you saw once you got into the B2B tech world you saw growth there how much of that success is would you attribute to your self-awareness and then ability to to recognize lanes that you should be in right and and things that you should kind of be close to right and that would lead you to to further growth and more success and all of that great stuff yeah i'm just gonna make a note so i stay on track (laughs) <laughs> I love it. All right, so we're, we're just kind of talking about the overall awareness. Um, the awareness was always there, um, but very limited and actually very tainted. So I believe that once you create vision and you get really clear on that vision, you start acting with intention, the juice is the awareness behind it. So great, give you a great example. Um, I remember being, gosh, I don't remember the name of the small town, but in a small town in Kansas somewhere with my girlfriend at the time, back in the day when I'm selling retail electronics and appliances. And we are visiting her dad and it's this cool little town, cobblestone, downtown streets, right? Yeah. Beautiful little backdrop of hills. And I remember saying that I would love to live somewhere like this. but in that same breath, you know, my desire was to be like the power suit, power tie guy making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the only way that I knew of that was literally to be in a big city, downtown skyscrapers, right? So the two didn't marry, but it was a vision that I put out. And, you know, I started acting with some intention along my career path. And then even the places that I lived. And then here we are 20 something years later, they've intersected. Right. I just walked from corporate America, one of the largest IT companies out there. I had a pretty nice paycheck coming and I literally live in a cool little lake community of 7,900 people. Our downtown has like cool little cobblestone sidewalks with a little clock tower. Like, okay, so that's it. Right. But most of my awareness back then was so jaded and clouded and heavy with the negative of not being good enough, not being 
you know, the right color, the right size from the right background, all of that. But, you know, if you're a fan of Napoleon Hill, you know mm -hmm. that manifestation is simply desire backed by emotion. Yep. Doesn't matter. The universe doesn't care what emotion it is, love or fear. The difference is when you build a mansion, is it full or is it empty? Yeah. Fear led me from that journey, right, of being a prison guard all the way up to corporate America, right? So yeah. my top year in corporate was 315. That was built out of fear, mm. right? Fear was the basis of that career. Now as I exit, you know, people go, well, what are your goals? What are your revenue goals? And I go, I really have none because I absolutely know that all my needs, all my desires, and I have big desires, will always be there simply because now the root is love. And coming from that energy of love, literally, I'm having a blast and business is just falling in my lap. <laughs> Funny how that works, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's, it's really crazy just having that shift. Yeah. And, and, and it's a super important shift because this is, this is the heart of where I think people get really cynical when they hear about people that have had success and then come out and talk about how it's not all it's really cracked up to be and that you need that the real things are, 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 are not the big paycheck and all. Well, you know, people don't like hearing that. Like, don't tell me that. I'll find out when I'm crying in my own Bentley, right? Like that's the mentality of a lot of people, right? But right. What you just said that breaks it down because it's, it's built from fear of, okay, now I've reached this level. Uh, am I going to lose it all? Am I going to keep it all? Am I going to get more? Are they going to find out who I really am? And then this shit's all over with, you know, all of these things. And, and then, to, to, to recognize, wow, okay, when I come from a place of abundance, love, mm -hmm. not scarcity and fear, then these things, this energy just, eh, what do you know? I'm finding people that align with me and what I have to offer to the universe just naturally, you know, and, it, yes. and, it, and you know, maybe some people most of us i would argue need to figure it out for ourselves right there's no yeah there's no you can't look at your story can't look at dylan's story and say okay well i won't worry about xyz or i'm not going to try it. no you have to go do it you have to go experience right. it you have to feel that because then you're going to be able to map towards your vision whatever that is your your cobblestone downtown your ideal life and boy is that is that a powerful thing to realize through uh you know what a what's unique and so interesting to me is that you know you had a career that a lot of people would be very like i'm good like this was what i wanted um and i'm just gonna continue on this path and i'll probably for the next 20 years I could do this and uh, be doing great. And I know it's out of fear. I know I'm stressed out all the time, but I don't really uh, have the, the, I don't know, whatever that switch is where you can say, okay, I'm ready to make that jump for you. I mean, I can't imagine that it's just one thing. It's probably a really loaded question. Right. But um, 
for you, what was that? How did that switch come? Like, how did that change come about where it was, I'm going to stop operating out of fear and come from a place of love. You know, those dimmer switches, you flip the light on, the light just doesn't come on or off. You get to adjust it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's literally been, a, been about a three-year journey. So I was a guy that was 19 years old, rolling around in my 5.0 hatchback with two 12s in the back. And when I wasn't bumping Millie Vanilli or, you know, um, Vanilla Ice, it was Tony Robbins' personal power. I literally have it in my closet on cassette still, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so from a, from a mental right, development standpoint, um, I've always been a student of the game of self-development. And so what I was taught along the way, which just validated time and time again, was to not go here to the heart, right? And as men, we're also taught, hey, don't wear your emotions on your sleeve. It's a sign of weakness. And so already being in a weakened state and coming from a place of scarcity and lack, my insecurity said, okay, hide those emotions. And so it was about, you know, um, three years ago when I kind of started diving under the covers deeper, right? And it was all in an effort of how can I get better to make more money, right? Um, And what I found was a way to really tap into who I truly am. And so what I learned at that point, my pivot became not what I can add, but what I can let go of, what I can... um, what I can detach from. So I love the the symbolism of the lotus, right? The lotus mm. is in the mud. It's in the shit. It's in the everyday life. We all are in it. But I recognize that I'm a beautiful soul on the inside. It doesn't matter what's going on. I'm still that beautiful soul. And if I hold on to it, I will soon grow through the mud, into the sunshine, bloom. All of my glory will be on display. And as the raindrops fall off, it's me letting go of the shit that held me before. Now I'm free to bloom. So now that has put me into a place of, I think I can, I think I can, I believe I can. And that belief is literally turned into, I know. Mm. I absolutely know. Mm. Certainty in a different form. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, There's a very distinct difference between having a belief and having a knowing. Um, When you absolutely know, um, there's no bit of feedback. There's no bit of noise. There's no bit of, um, I'm rubber, you glue, whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. Right. I mean, it's just like, that's when dude, that the vortex real, is up. Yeah. yeah. And I just know, I just trust. And there's been enough little nuggets along the way. This journey has been so fucking magical, um, that there's just no other way to explain it than just relax surrender and enjoy the flow yeah yeah and and you know it's so far away from the way that we're especially as sales professionals taught to operate quota numbers coin operated right you know daily activities like literally on a day-to-day basis how many phone calls did you make how many emails did you send how many touch points did you have you know i love this right So we're taught to manage our business on KPIs, Mm -hmm. key performance indicators. I say, take all of that. And this is what I love about where I am today. So now I can take that speak and let's re-articulate it to key personality indicators. Mm. What type of person do you choose to be? Now put those measures in place. You know, if you make 10 calls a day and if you send 10 emails a day, and if you do X, Y, Z a day, you'll 
you'll yield ABC results. Well, now if I can create a system and I can rearticulate my own AI with key personality indicators and I execute to those every day, pretty soon they'll yield the results that I'm looking for. And those results will now continue to feed the cycle. And now I've got new habits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we're taught to harness that same, that power that is so powerful that gives us the reality that we choose. We don't get to harness that for ourselves. We're directed to harness that for what? Revenues. Yeah. Now, I say that you can have your cake and eat it too. Dylan loves cars. Dylan loves fashion. Dylan loves fun. It takes green pieces of paper to do that. I think you can have your cake and eat it too. At yeah. the end of the day, especially when you look at guys my age, right? who've had that great, fun, successful career, but now, you know what? They're taking more pills than they can count every day, right? Um, let's just not even talk about marriages and the, 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 the horror that goes on there, right? Let's not talk about even relationship with kids, things like that. So for me, it's more important to focus a message around those components of life than how to make you a badass salesperson. Because there's a shit ton of people out there that can teach you that. And a lot of great books, I can give you a great list of them, right? But no one teaches us how to embrace that, who we, how to embrace who we are, how to embrace those emotions, how to embrace that acceptance, that love, because then our creativity flows. And guess what? The last few years of my career, I've literally worked less on POs and more on people. And I've made more money than I have at any point in my career. So I know the formula of love works, man. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's a formula because this plus this will always equal. Always. That, right? Universal and, laws. Yeah. And, and man, that is, I love that because it, it as salespeople, we often see the, the super successful saleswoman, salesman, Killing it at work, crushing it. Everybody's in awe. Everybody loves who that person is. Outside of work, they're sniffing pills. They're yes. neglecting their children. They're cheating on their spouse. They're broken people because I think what makes a good salesperson is often somewhat of a you know, chameleon, you're able to kind of connect with people, you're able to jump in and have the, you know, you're always on and you're giving and giving and giving. And then your relationships suffer because you don't have enough in the tank at the end of the day, right? Even if you do have good intentions, you're just, I'm done, right? Or, you know, you, you um, use your superpowers for evil, essentially, right? right? right. Because they, that's what I think we see a lot of. And that's what all these fucking movies are about right every sales movie is actually just about a guy who discovered a sales superpower and then used it for evil that's essentially besides tommy boy and the pursuit of happiness right every, right. Other, every other movie is about oh shit i found this really great skill that's allowed me and will allow me to improve my life greatly but i'm gonna divert and go off the rails and use it for you know selfish reasons yes Play with me for a moment here too, and let's dissect that story a little bit, right? Yeah. Because there's always some adversity that leads them, the main character, to that, um, to that big job, that big win that puts them on the map. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the day, the guy gets the girl, the girl gets the guy. They sail off in the sunset, make a shit ton of money, and are happy. But humor, if you humor me, if you will, that I really believe that each and every one of us 
I'll tell you my own personal story. My success in sales was a result of the character that I built to protect my insecurities, right? And I knew that, again, let's just talk about my, my, my lack of self-worth. So wanting to feel like I'm someone, um, and that just stems back, you know, there are stories of me moving to the U.S. and having, um, you know, that, that broken English dialect and getting made fun of. And so silencing my voice, right, being different than the other kids and silencing who I am. And so, you know, you take those energies and you take those experiences and they kind of craft who you become. And so for me, when I was in front of a prospect selling and collecting that PO, I was on stage. I was feeding that need for significance. And that ego was like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And when I, when I held the stage and people are like drawn in, speaking was my superpower. But like you said, it became evil because now I'm manipulating it to feed my insecurities. And so, you know, we develop these characters of insecurities, insecurities, insecurities. We get more successful. And guess what? The insecurities come out a little bit more. The money mm. comes. A little they don't bit go more. away. We feed it. We feed it a little bit more. And all of a sudden, we're just like, boom. Guess what? Now, the wife can't stand us anymore because we're absolute asshole. The kids can't stand us. We're an absolute asshole. But guess what? All the women in the office love us because we're the big fucking shot, right? And all the dudes want to be like us. So we get more praise and more praise. And so we continue to work more and work more. We put in more hours. We set the tone. We set the cadence. Everyone wants to be like us. Everyone wants to be us. We get all the praise, so we go out, we buy drinks, and then, you know what? Vicious cycle. We become workaholics. We get drowned in the bottle, in the pills, in the women, in the men, and whatever. Yep. That's why you have guys that are my age that are killing over right now, right? Because yeah. we don't know who the fuck we are. We've built this avatar to get acceptance, but the, all we want is the inner being simply wants love. That's it. Because all we want with all these things is to just be accepted. And to be accepted, then we feel love. So I say, find the love. The pursuit of happiness is here. Mm -hmm. And then the things will come. Yeah. Well, and, it, and, and it's, whew, I've got goosebumps, man, because it's so, <clears throat> we've, we've never talked about this on the podcast before, but really for the majority of, you know, and especially sales because of the nature of the job. Um, the, I'd, I'd argue that all of us from the really successful that have been doing it for a long time to the brand new that are just getting started, massive insecurities, massive, right? Because we're salespeople because somebody else didn't want us, right? We're salespeople because we didn't make it at one other thing. I mean, literally everybody that I've ever talked to, you talk to them, oh, how did you get started in sales? Oh, well, I wanted to be an athlete and then I broke my leg. Or I wanted to be a rapper, but I was actually a really bad rapper. Or, you know, whatever it was, right? Um, and now I'm here. And now I've got something to prove. And so now I'm going to create this avatar of sales James who has his hair cut a certain way and dresses a certain way and speaks in a certain manner. And this works. You know, one of the things that I just saw recently, somebody talking about this, and this is, this was super interesting to me because he's somebody that I've always thought to be very genuine was Will Smith. Will Smith was talking about this exact same thing in an interview, this character that he created over these years to survive. Yep. 
being in the spotlight, mm-hmm. it's very similar to being in the spotlight as the top sales rep and the one who has all the answers and the rock star, right? Like give it to him or her. She'll, she'll knock it out of the park. They're the rock star. It's magic what they do in sales, right? When in reality, we're all just like, uh, you know, please tell me I'm okay and tell me that next month I'll have a job and, yes. and, and please don't put me on a performance improvement plan, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, and so think God. about it. Most of us walk into the meeting in a state of fear. Mm. Most of us walk default. into it, so, right? Default is fear. So guess what? It starts with the minute we walk in, right? Because we see the competition's been there. Yep. And we're like, oh shit, they just talked to Dell EMC and I'm the HPE guy. Shit, I'm hoax, right? <laughs> and so um, then you walk in there and before you even walk into the room, guess what? You know that, oh, I can smell fear a thousand miles away? Well, hell yes, that's so true. You, can, you may not be able to smell it, but you can feel it. So now you walk in and it's your fear feeding on fear. And I say walk in, in the energy of love. Be so bright with your light that you dissolve the darkness that is in with that room. And the way that you do that is walking in with a sympathetic, empathetic ear and truly being present, connected, and listening. And at the end of the day, my goal was always to have the, the customer call me and say, hey, Dylan, where can I send this PO? I never want to ask for the business because that was coming from the place of you know scarcity, mm-hmm. right? I need if this. You cho- should you choose to do business with me? And should we co-create together? This is what it could look like, mm. right? Now, I'm still going to use sales verbiage, but that verbiage is much different in a place of love than fear, right? You start using phrases like co-create things together. That's a, those are different. That's yes. a different conversation. Different energy, yes. Yep. yep, we're in it together. So if we're in this together it only makes sense that the next step for us is for you to go ahead and get that PO center and then we'll do, you know, and it's just, it Absolutely. all makes sense, right? Cause we're yeah, all so on the same page. And if it's not, then maybe next well, time. Listen, and I love, don't get me wrong. I love the art of selling in psychology because James, when you send me that PO and we start this project together, right? I'm going to make sure that everything that you send me that you have on your checklist, that my PM has that as well. Is that going to work for you? Yeah. So we're doing the body language thing. I'm, I'm like literally putting us in the place. Like it's all tactical. Yeah. But again, you can have your cake and eat it too. Because guess what? I love the evolution of a sale. I love mm. the sales process. It's fun. Yeah. It is- There's nothing more fun. Right. And at the end of the day, absolutely. It's a blast. It's a ride. It's a thrill. But at the end of the day, even right now, you're smiling. I'm smiling. We're having a great time. We are still manipulating each other. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we have, we have been taught that this word manipulation is a bad word and it isn't. It's simply what we do. So why not understand psychology? Why not understand physics, psychology, energy, all of this good stuff? And why not manipulate so that at the end of the day, we all go home and we have a smile on our face mm-hmm. for the people that matter the most? Because here's the reality of things. I don't give a fuck about you. I love you. But you know what I care about is getting home. And giving a fuck about my wife and my kid and was having a good time. Not me sitting at the dinner table grumpy because I poured my all into you mm. and I suffered because I had expectations. Yeah. Right? Mm. Now, since I don't have expectation of myself, nor do I have expectation of you, this co-creation, it is intentional, but I don't get sidetracked if it goes this way or this way. And I accept that it is here. So 
you know, from that space, we create love and it's easy. And listen, I don't always win the business. That's okay. Because if I always won the business, there would be no need for me. <laughs> Makes sense? Yeah. Right? Yep. So I got to kind of do my job. And even, even now, being on my own, there's still a process, right? And I still am dialing in on what that process looks like for me. But that's the fun part of it. It's I get to create it. And I get to create it out of love. Mm, I love it, man. Well, look, I, I know we're running short on time. So I need to ask you for just a quick actionable sales tip that the audience could use when they get done listening to the show here. Absolutely. Before you walk into a room, remember that out of every engagement, your source is always going to be one of two emotions, love or fear. And before you walk into that room, take a mental check, take an emotional check of where you are. Am I walking into this love or fear? Am I carrying, you know, I'm in trouble from not taking the trash out this morning before I left home, right? Or I've got X, Y, Z to do, or am I in a state of being present leading from love? Because when you lead from love, you get to that connection much faster. When you get to that connection much faster, you get to solving true people problems. And then you end up for the one hour talking about connection and maybe 15 minutes of business, but you'd be surprised at how the universe reciprocates for you. Mm, I love it, man. That's a fantastic tip and, and literally something that you could just choose to do in your next meeting Absolutely. before you walk in. Very next breath. I love it. Yeah. Um, Got to ask you the same question I ask everybody that comes on the Lunch Break podcast. Where is your favorite place to eat lunch, man? Um, anywhere that has beautiful scenery. Mm. Um, yeah, so for me, lunch is about putting away the phone. Lunch is about being present. Lunch is about literally sitting in the energy of the people that picked the crops, the people that worked in the factories, the drivers, just giving thanks for each bite of how it continues this cycle and just being present in that moment. And you know what? A beautiful lake, a beautiful river, a beautiful cityscape, um, beautiful mountains, anything that's different that's going to stimulate my mind away from what's going on in a day, it's going to help me get into that quote unquote trans state. And when I'm mm. in that trans state, that's when I know that I'm settled and that's when the magic comes. So for me, it's disconnecting to stay connected, if that makes sense. Mm, I love it, man. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, look, for people who aren't already connected with you, how can they find you and, and, and connect with you and follow your journey? Absolutely. So um, LinkedIn, follow me on LinkedIn, Dylan Ali, D-Y-L-A-N-A-L-I. My other social platforms are Dylan, D-A-L-E all together, no, uh, no spaces. And, um, I don't even have a website up just yet, but the name dialanali.net is live. You jump on it right now, hit it up before the template goes away. Cause it's literally <laughs> like a furniture store template. And so the website is being built right now. So you'll, you'll see a lot more of that, um, you know, from an informational standpoint and how to, how to work with me, how to get in touch with me. But again, I have this crazy knowing. So that, you know, that stuff is out there and everything else will catch up sooner or later, brother. I love it. Fantastic. Uh, I, again, thank you so much for stopping by Dylan. And with that, I'm going to wrap up number 68, episode 68 of the Lunch Break Podcast here and gone. Thanks so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. <laughs>